Ladies and gentlemen, this is Russell Wortham coming to you live from beautiful Tucson, Arizona, a stone's throw away from the University of Arizona and in the shadow of the Grand Canyon folks. We're back and back in the middle of greatness. This is the Russell Wortham Show. So glad to be back. <laughs> you know, this this uh, episode is going to be entitled, I Blame It on Brexit. Uh... I was going to do a show last week. I had every intention of doing it last Monday. But so what happened, <laughs> interestingly enough, was that uh, they didn't agree to a plan uh, in Parliament on Monday. And so I had to pretty much put it off. Thought, okay, well, I got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Finally, I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to be able to get this show out this week. So, yeah. Um, All right. Now, to um, start off with the uh, news. Well, first things first, folks. We have the situation that I was going to talk about last week. And that is essentially two weeks ago yesterday that the Mueller report, or at least the summary, the four page, four pages, was given off to Congress. And what Bill Barr, the United States Attorney General, said essentially was, eh, nothing to see here. There wasn't any conclusion, uh, there, was, there was no collusion, and, well, we can't really make heads or tails. We can't really, you know, figure out if there was an obstruction of justice with the president. Okay, let me make this very clear at the onset. Am I glad that the president, or any president, did include with a hostile foreign power? Absolutely, 100%. Right? have a problem with with the no collusion charge is so how do you explain the Trump Tower meeting okay how do you explain even meeting with Russians when they say oh we've got dirt on on your opponent I'm like you shouldn't be taking that meeting, like, at all. It's just, it's elementary. It's straight up. You don't take that meeting. So, Congress needs to ask about that. Second thing they need to ask about is this idea of, okay, so if there was no collusion, and if you can't really explain the Trump Tower meeting, then what about your tax returns? Why are we not able to see your tax returns to see if you are entangled in a foreign government? And Trump and his team are like, no, no, we're we're not going to allow you to see the tax returns, you know? And I'm thinking... Okay, there's no law that says you have to have tax returns for the public to see, but it's just been customary. My whole life has just been customary. And yet, now, Donald Trump's like, no, 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 I'm not going to release them. Why, why should I release them? I'm thinking, okay, okay. Because, again just want to make sure that he's not entangled in a foreign power, a hostile foreign power, but also we've got to figure out what is this idea okay, what is this notion of his wealth he says he's worth X amount of dollars and I don't really know if he's telling the truth about that. I mean, crap, he's told 9,000 lies. Let me say that again. 
Donald John Trump, the President of the United States of America, has lied to you, the American public, 9,000 times between when he was elected to now. But hey, who's counting right? Oh, that's right, the Washington Post has been. Look, politicians lie all the time. That is an unfortunate part of society. But, you know, you have to think to yourself, well, why are we allowing the President of the United States, person who we should be putting our faith, our trust in, to protect us, to to to, to be a good... Uh, uh, you know, governor and you know, and all of that. Why are we allowing them to lie to us so much? I think it's just indicative of our society. Of like, meh, little white lies, meh, this didn't hurt anybody. I'm thinking, yeah, mm, yeah, maybe, <laughs> but it's still a lie. I mean, the guy that basically shadow wrote. Or the deal has said it's not truthful hyperbole. There is no truth in lying. It's just lying. Um, I just, I don't even understand. And then, along with that, along with the Mueller report that I believe Congress should call Bill Barr should should call. Robert Moore, and and just say fill in the blanks, just just please fill in the blanks here. That's 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 pretty much how that goes. But what happens now? The other thing that has happened is that Donald Trump this past week threatened to shut down the southern border, shut down the entirety of the southern border. Or maybe not all of it, but parts of it. And then Trump had to walk that one back. Say, well, I'll give Mexico one year to deal with the drugs and the crime and the, you know, all all the undesirables that we allegedly don't want. And, and, but then if you know a year comes oh I'm gonna slap tariffs on you I'm thinking oh my goodness gracious um <laughs> look I've heard this enough to where okay according to Customs and Border Patrol and credible sources okay they're saying, yes, there are 100,000 people that are trying to get into this country this month alone. And I'm like, okay, so that, that number is accurate. It is 100,000. Like I said two weeks ago, I don't see people pouring across Tucson. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't. But... I'm not right at the border, so I don't really know. But I will say this, and this is this is this is just this is insidious. We're telling people they're fleeing violence, crime, corruption, poverty. We're we're telling them, well. We can't really afford to bring you in here. Well, we don't really have room to bring you in here. That is garbage. That is flat garbage. You know you can afford that. We're the richest country on the face of the earth, and you're telling me, oh, we can't bring in 100,000 people. That's a small city. 100,000 people. That's a small city. So, I mean, that's not... That's not nothing I know, but come on. It's 100,000 people. 
Now, I will agree that the asylum laws and the immigration laws need to be changed. But we've been hearing that my entire life, probably well before I was born in the late 1970s. And yet, Congress, eh, we're just going to keep hunting. President, eh, maybe I'll do something by executive order. Nobody seems to want to get together to really have a fair but firm immigration policy. I don't know what that policy is, but we need to have a fair but firm policy. You know? Uh, Just today, okay, just today, and in the last 24 hours, Christian Nielsen is out as Department of Homeland Security Director because apparently she's not hardcore enough. I'm like, she's not hardcore enough. (laughs) She was the one that implemented your family separation policy. She was the one that lost thousands and thousands of kids into the system. No, they will never see their their families again, I don't think. <laughs> that's not hardcore enough for you. No, 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 that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Uh, uh, we're, we're, we're talking about this and saying, oh, well, it should have been harder. What do you want them to do? Say nobody's coming in at all? For any reason, I mean, that's inhumane, in my opinion. I think you need to have this idea of, like I said, a fair but firm policy. And don't just assume that they're all gang members, they're all murderers, they're all drug dealers, they're all smugglers. That's that's taking the extreme road of, of things. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's pretty much where we stand with uh, with all that. So, uh, Chris, Christian Nielsen is out. She was forced to resign yesterday. The head of the Secret Service, okay, the director of the Secret Service, essentially was fired today no no good reason apparently oh that's right the whole Mar-a-Lago situation with Chinese woman who came in with four cell phones two passports a laptop a thumb drive that had malware and she got past Donald Trump's security. I'm not talking about the, the Secret Service. She got past Donald Trump's security at Mar-a-Lago. I, I mean, that's, 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 that's a problem. But, ah, I mean, that, that seems like that's an internal problem that you have to deal with. That seems to me like... Uh, a problem of we've got to get rid of security at Mar-a-Lago, not Secret Service people. That's just silly. But you're the president, and Secret Service's job, main job, is to protect the president. Get that. Fine. But I just, I just think... Who, who's really to blame here? Secret Service? Or your own personal staff, Don? Makes, <laughs> I mean, that that's huge difference to me. If it's a Secret Service problem, it's fine. I guess it has need to roll. But if it is a Mar-a-Lago problem, if it's a staff problem, in your own resort 
You gotta, you gotta go get rid of them. I'm not saying what this lady did at Mar-a-Lago, tried to do at Mar-a-Lago was good, or right, or fair, or whatever. It wasn't. But please don't put blame on the Secret Service for your own resort's failings. Just saying. Just saying. Right, uh, so before we uh, wrap up the news portion of uh, the show, I uh, want to uh, talk briefly about Brexit. Uh, so essentially, how this is panning out is that uh, coming up on the uh, 10th, so two days from now on Wednesday, Theresa May is supposed to be meeting uh, back in Belgium to throw out, essentially, another plan. The plan right now is to ask for another short extension. Um, and so we don't know if that extension... She says June 30th, uh, the... European president uh, has said no, we're wanting a full year and if you can get a deal before a year, then we'll we'll cancel out you know, our our part of the plan and, and you can just go about and, and, and leave. Uh, so whether or not Theresa May can get uh, a deal together in the next two days, I mean, who who the heck knows? I was watching Sky News uh, before I came on the air, and they were saying essentially that uh, they had a meeting to talk about a meeting that's going to happen tomorrow. And I'm thinking to myself, what the heck? A meeting to have another meeting? That just blows me away. Uh, okay, so apparently they're going to try to hammer out a new plan tomorrow. I doubt that with, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if they, I don't know if Parliament can get get the deal approved by, by Wednesday. So they're going to have to ask for an extension that the French don't want that uh, the Germans are starting to cool on. And so, is Brexit going to happen? I mean, one way or the other, on Friday, they could be leaving with no deal. I mean, think about that. The United Kingdom could be leaving the European Union without trade deals, without... uh Diplomatic deals, military deals, uh, immigration deals. I mean, they they could be just pretty much literally an island unto the mo uh, unto them uh, them themselves. Uh, and I'm, I'm like, okay, that's that's brilliant. <laughs> that's good. So. That's that's the news portion. Uh, I for uh, you, it's going to be instantaneous. For uh, me, it's going to be uh, a couple minutes. Uh, but I will come back. We will discuss the uh, start of the baseball season. We will talk about the uh, NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs and the NHL and the NHL playoffs and a really sad story of yet another failed alternative football league so all that and much more and I'll be right back all right ladies and gentlemen we are back and uh, we're going to uh, talk about the 
Lions of American football and having them fold. We're going to talk about your first look of uh, Major League Baseball. We're going to talk about the NHL and NBA playoffs. So uh, you're going to have to bear with me. I'm going to load uh, this up. So it's going to take going to take a, 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 a bit, but um, let's talk first about the Alliance of American Football. Uh, this is yet another league that folded, and it shouldn't have, but it did. Uh, you, in, you know, in my lifetime now, you have had the USFL that... They had a good niche thing going. But then they started to get a little greedy and started to think, oh, maybe we can infringe on, you know, on things. And it just kind of flopped. Um, It just kind of flopped. Uh, Then you had the World League of American football outside of maybe London it just it never really took off internationally um it just it just never did for for one reason or you know another uh didn't really take off um and then uh you've had other minor leagues the XFL, and now, of course, the Alliance of American Football. I watched some of the AAF, um, and, you know, I saw some of the AAF, and it was actually a really good, really good league. But the problem with that was that even though we say we're a football-crazed nation, I really truthfully believe that there was football fatigue. It was like this, okay, well, we just got past the Super Bowl and okay. Uh and I honestly think that there are people that uh were looking at these players and thinking to themselves Okay, yeah, no, that's not gonna, that's, that's just not gonna happen. Um, you know, but I'm thinking they're, they're players. I mean, maybe like Johnny Menzel, who's been a bit of a journeyman, um, but they're still players. They're still elite athletes. I don't know why this is such a hard sell. But I think it's because the NFL hasn't fully been embracing of a feeder league. And I think that's part of the problem. Uh, So they had like a developmental type league. Maybe people would watch it. But I mean, who knows? Um, But the... The Alliance of American Football, they ran out of money. They were cash-strapped essentially from week two. They got another investor. And then they had to pull out. And it it was just this really big mess. So with the XFL coming back in its next generation next year, we'll see. We'll see if there is enough interest for a rival league, but I I doubt it. I mean, because, again, you've had all these leagues over the last 40 years come and go, and they keep going back to places like Birmingham, no disrespect, but they keep going back to Birmingham. They keep going back to Las Vegas. They keep going back to some of these places that can't really suitably sustain a professional league. I mean, Birmingham, that's basically right 
smack dab in the middle of of football country down in Alabama, but they can't seem. I mean, USFL, XFL, World League, um, this this league now. I mean, they've had four or five shots at this thing. I'm like, Birmingham is not. It's not good as a football town as what you guys think. And maybe that's a hot take. But if you've had a football league for, you know, five, you know, five times. And each time they've failed. You got to start thinking to yourself, are you really that good of a league? Mm, I don't know. Anyway, so that's that. So... I've uh, pulled up the uh, NBA playoffs. And right now, this is how the playoffs would shake out. Over in the East, you've got the Milwaukee Bucks, the number one seed, going up against the number eight seed of the Detroit Pistons. Number two seed, Toronto Raptors. Going up against the number seven seed of the Orlando Magic. Number three seed is the Philadelphia 76ers, which is... Absolutely amazing, given the fact that just a couple of years ago, they were just, they were a wreck. Um, but there was a method to their madness of tanking and getting lottery picks and tanking and getting lottery picks. And they're now the number three seed. It's it's pretty crazy. And then your 4-5 matchup is Boston versus Indiana. All right, over here in... The West, you've got the number one seed of the uh, Golden State Warriors going up against the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. You've got the number two seed of Denver going up against San Antonio. Number three seed, Houston versus number six, Oklahoma City. And a 4-5 matchup is Portland versus Utah. Where did the Lakers shake out? Tenth place. Um, this was not a great season for the Lakers and LeBron James, but in fairness to them, we're talking about, this was his first year, uh, over in Los Angeles. And here's the other problem, uh, that happened. And that was this idea of he missed what twenty games in the middle of the season. You're not gonna win many games when the best player on your team uh is is out. Uh just just not it's just not gonna happen. Uh but you know hey um we'll we'll see, you know, essentially, you know, what um uh, what happens with LeBron? Uh, I I think he'll he'll stay there, but um, yeah, we'll 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 essentially see what happens. Right. So um, you've got uh, the NHL playoffs coming up. So how they do it? They have um, two number one seeds, two number two seeds, uh, two number three seeds. Um, and then wild card, uh, or and then two wild cards in uh, both uh, conferences. So in the Western Conference, your uh, first number one seed is the Nashville Predators going up against your first wild card of the Dallas Stars. Your first number two seed. The Winnipeg Jets going up against your first number three seed of the St. Louis Blues. Your number one seed, your other number one seed, the Calgary Flames going up against your second wild card, which is the Colorado Avalanche. And finally, your second number two seed, San Jose Sharks going up against your runner-ups from last year, Stanley Cup Final. The Vegas Golden Knights, your number three seed. Out in the East, your first number one seed is the Tampa Bay Lightning going up against your second wild card. 
and that is the Columbus Blue Jackets. Your first number two seed, Boston Bruins going up against your first number three seed, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Your second number one seed is your defending Stanley Cup champions, the Washington Capitals going up against your number one wild card, the Carolina Hurricanes. And finally, your second number two seed, the New York Islanders versus your second number three seed, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So that is your NHL and uh, NBA playoffs. Uh, so, uh, Major League Baseball, we're going to do a very quick check on the uh, early part of the season. It's only, what, 10 games into the season, so we're going to uh, uh, go through. And, uh, like I said, very early on. So, if your team's not wrapped up, don't worry. It's you're you're gonna be fine. Uh so starting off in the AL East, Tampa Bay seven and three, the Yankees five and four, the Orioles four and five, Boston and Toronto three and eight. In the AL Central, you've got Detroit seven and three, Cleveland six and three, Minnesota five and three, White Sox are three and five, Kansas City two and six. And finally, out here in the West, you've got Seattle nine and two, Houston five and five, Texas is five and five, Oakland six and seven, and the Los Angeles Angels are four and six. Now on the National League side of things, you've got Philadelphia six and two, the Mets six and three, Atlanta five and four, the Nats are Five, or excuse me, four and four, and Miami is three and seven. In the central part of the country, you got Milwaukee, eight and two, Pittsburgh, five and three, St. Louis, uh, four and five, the Cubs are two and seven, and the Reds are down at the bottom, one and eight, and then finally out here in the West, the Dodgers, eight and two, San Diego. Uh, six and four, Arizona, five and five, Colorado, three and seven, San Francisco, three and seven. So that is your very early look at the NBA uh, playoffs, like I said, the NHL playoffs, and Major League Baseball. So give me uh, just a moment, and I will be back. Uh, with WWE News, and we will be talking about WrestleMania weekend. Holy smokes, it was, it was amazing. So we'll talk about that here in a moment. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and we are talking WWE now. This past week was insane. We had. NXT TakeOver New York on Friday night. The Hall of Fame ceremonies on Saturday. And of course, last night was WrestleMania 35. We're going to go through all that. So, let's start off with NXT TakeOver New York. Again, A-plus show. It just stole the show, stole the weekend, just like they usually do. Now, I'm seeing here on my screen that there were actually eight matches. They only televised five of them. So let's just go through the eight very quickly. So the uh, Street Profits defeating Fabian uh, Eichner and uh, Marcel Barthel. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Jackson Riker uh, defeating Danny Burge. That's, that's pretty crazy. And then Candice LeRae beating Aaliyah with uh, Vanessa Bourne. So, those are going to be televised later. Uh, but now on to the main card. You've got the War Raiders defeating Aleister Black and Ricochet. This was a car crash. It was 
back and forth. I, I gotta say, I am really impressed by Alistair Black and Ricochet. I think they work well with each other. I think they complement each other. I still am a little leery about them just all of a sudden getting into the main roster. But I think that you know, they're they're absolutely incredible. And they became the first tag team in one week to challenge for the Raw Tag Tag uh, titles, the Smack Team uh, the SmackDown <laughs> Tag Team titles and the NXT titles. So, yeah, I think Aleister Black, Ricochet, absolutely incredible, but War Raiders. Oh, my gosh, they are deceptively quick, powerful. I think they've got a really good future uh, ahead of them. I, you know, I really do. Velveteen Dream uh, defeating the previously undefeated Matt Riddle. For the NXT uh, North American Championship. This was a match. It was incredible. Velveteen. This kid. Oh my gosh. This kid has it. He has that it. It's it's just absolutely amazing. Uh, Matt Riddle. I, I had heard of him because of uh, the lads. Over at Cultaholic, uh, saying, talking about Matt Riddle, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Matt Riddle, uh, who, who are you? I mean, apparently you were in MMA, and uh, you know, but this guy is legit. I mean, he is legit. He has a mean streak, but boy, people are just pulling for Matt Riddle. Uh, he's got he's got a future in the business. I really believe that. This was the this this right here. Oh my gosh! Again, this is a deal that I I I learned from the uh, the lads over at Cultaholic. Uh, you've got Walter versus Pete Dunn. This was a brawl. This was a war. And I don't like using that term outside of an actual war. But this was a war. I mean, my gosh. I mean, Walter. If you haven't seen Walter, dude is like, what, 6'5", 6'3", 6'5", like almost 300 pounds. Guy's massive. I mean, he's he's a big one, you know. Uh, and he hits hard. Good Lord. Uh, he just absolutely hits hard. And uh, Pete Dunn, I mean, almost 500 days, or not 500, sorry, uh, almost um, like 700 days, uh, give or take, of, of being the NXT uh, UK champion. Cannot take away from the guy. Absolutely stellar matchup. They were throwing just haymakers at each other. And Pete Dunn, I mean, he was doing the joint manipulations. He was bending back fingers, like full extension. It was brutal to watch. Uh, but Walter just kind of, I don't say he didn't sell it, but boy, it was just like, really? You're, you're, you're going to try to bend my fingers back. Really, uh, Walter is, I mean, he's the real deal. Uh, so again, shout out to the lads at Cultaholic for turning me on to both Pete Dunn and Walter. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, Shane Baszler beating Yosurai, Bianca Belair, and Kyrie Sane. Um, she, uh, or uh, Shane Baszler got Bianca Belair to tap out. Yo Shirai and Kyrie Sane, you know, had a bit of a falling out when they broke up each other's pins. Um and so I don't know. Um Shane Baszler, I uh, 
I don't know. I really don't know anybody that 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 can beat her. I I really don't. And then finally, one of the matches of the year right now, Johnny Gargano finally goes up the mountain and beats Adam Cole two to one to get the NXT championship. That is crazy, Johnny Gargano is just a uh, fantastic wrestler. He absolutely crushed it. And, uh, yeah, it it was... I I can't adequately describe the match. Just please go watch the match, okay? It was that incredible. Right, so then you had the Hall of Fame... And you had people like Honky Tonk Man. You had people like the Heart Foundation. You had Harlem Heat. You had uh, Tori Wilson. You had DX. You had Bruce Barber Beefcake. I've only watched half of the ceremony. <laughs> if if you haven't seen it, it was pretty crazy. Uh, some guy... Just a random guy uh, bum-rushed the stage. Tried to tackle Bret Hart. And then he got carted out uh, almost immediately. It was, it was, it was impressive. It was, it was absolutely impressive um, that they got him out so quickly. Bret kind of uh, shook his... Or kind of, uh, you know, dusted himself off and just kept on going. You know, so uh, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. Uh, I don't know this guy's name or off the top of my head. I don't, I don't really want to give this guy too much uh, of a platform uh, that tackled Brett, but um, yeah, it was it was it was pretty it was pretty sad. Um, apparently. Um, the um you know apparently you had uh this this guy who's had runs with the law uh, I don't know if he has any mental issues but um he was he was pretty um yeah he was he was pretty out there uh so Next up, yesterday was WrestleMania 35 emanating from MetLife Stadium. Oh my gosh, that was an amazing show, top to bottom. Let's start off with the pre-show, Tony Nese defeating Buddy Murphy. Uh, Buddy Murphy is a freak. The guy is, uh, I mean... He shouldn't be in the cruiserweight division, in my opinion. Just absolutely shouldn't. But, hey, what do I know? But it was a really well-paced match. Very evenly uh, paired up. It's a shame that cruiserweights are still, you know, first match on the pre-show. But... Yeah, what are you going to do, I suppose? Uh, Carmella uh, wins the uh, Women's Battle Royal. I was just kind of like, yeah, that should have been Asuka, but... Eh. Anyway, uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder defeating the Revival for the Raw Tag Team Championships. It was a really good match. It was back and forth. I was afraid that there was going to be some shenanigans. It was a quick roll-up that secured the win for Hawkins and Ryder. The Revival, I think they're just gone. I think they're out of WWE. I think they're going to ask for their release, and I, I, I think it's going to be in short order. And then finally, Braun Strowman... Won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, that was 
yeah, it was pretty it was pretty self explanatory. Uh this was a bit of a surprise. I thought this was gonna be like later on in the night, but Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. This was a short match. Thank goodness it was a short match. Um Brock started off, he uh went out, brutalized Seth Rollins, just beat him pillar to post, threw him back into the ring, match actually started, and then uh, the referee got bumped off of the uh accidentally got bumped off of the uh you know off off the uh apron. Seth came in low blowed Brock Lesnar hit three curb stomps on him. One, two, three. There's your new champion. I really hope this is the end for Brock Lesnar. I know that Matt Riddle says, well, I want to be the one that retires him. But I'm like, yeah, you don't always get what you want, you know. Now, will there be some shenanigans, I should say, uh, tonight on Raw? I wouldn't doubt it. But for right now, Seth Rollins is your new Universal Champion. All right, uh, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. This was insane. I mean, they were hitting moves off of each other. Uh, AJ Styles kicked out of an RKO. Um, it was just absolutely incredible, and um, yeah. It was it was absolutely incredible. Um, now this next matchup, I I didn't really pay much attention to. But it was the Usos beating Alistair Black and Ricochet, Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura, and the Bar, which is of course Sheamus and Cesaro. I mean, the Usos are the best tag team on this planet right now. And they just proved it again. So, again, who who can unsee the Usos? I mean, I, I don't know. I really don't know. This next matchup was a Falls County Anywhere match, and they went everywhere. Good Lord. I mean, they went up into the crowd. They went by the concession stand. They went up to the hard camera area. It was just insane. But Shane McMahon defeated The Miz. And it was the dangest thing. It was the craziest thing. Because Miz had uh, Shane McMahon up in a suplex. And he superplexed him off of the hard camera uh, platform. Onto a relatively soft surface. But... The way they landed, Shane actually landed on top and got the win. It was kind of fluky. It was like, okay, that's not quite what I was hoping for, but okay. Um, Next up, you had the Iconics uh, versus the Boston Hug Connection versus Nia Jax and Tamia versus Beth Phoenix. And Natty. So, the Iconics won. This was a really good match. Um, And Nia Jax, Tamina, they were kind of non-factors in this thing. It was kind of sad, but they were big non-factors. Beth Phoenix looked like a freaking million bucks out there. Good lord. She hasn't lost a step, it was just absolutely, it was it was incredible to see um, Natty, of course, great great wrestler um, and uh, it was it was a great match, it was, it was fast paced, it was uh, lots of you know, blind tags um, that's how the match was won was there was a blind tag by the Iconics and it was, you know, quick, uh, quick, uh, you know, roll up for the win. 
So, yeah, I, I really have to say the Iconics, they, they earned it. Um, next up, Kofi Kingston uh, versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. Finally, Kofi wins, and uh, it was a great, great moment. Um, it was back and forth. It looked like Brian was going to win with the LaBelle lock a few times. Kofi hit the SOS, hit Trouble in Paradise. I mean, it was just really a good, high-flying, high-powered match. It was, it was really amazing. Um, so, congratulations to Kofi Kingston. Uh, this next match was very, very, very quick. And that was Samoa Joe defeating Rey Mysterio for the uh, United States Championship. Can't really say much outside of Joe just showed that he was this monster heel. That it was just that simple. Uh, Roman Reigns beating Drew McIntyre. This was one of the matches of the night uh, for me. Uh, it was back and forth. They hit each other just extremely hard. But to hear 80,000 people <laughs> go ooh with Roman, it was, it, it gave me goosebumps. It's giving me goosebumps now. Uh, it was really, it was really cool. Um, Triple H beating Batista in a no-holds-barred match. This was brutal. <laughs> I mean, they hit each... I mean, there were uh, toolboxes, and uh, you had pliers, and you had uh, fingers getting bent back and, and, and crushed. It was just... It was, it was brutal. Um, tables were destroyed, um, but finally, Triple H exercised his demons, finally beat Batista on the grandest stage of them all, and, uh, so we'll see what happens with that. This next matchup really irritated a lot of people, and this was pretty much me, and, uh, 80,000 other people and millions of people watching <laughs> on 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 the WD, the uh, WWE network and that is Baron Corbin defeating Kurt Angle thinking that uh it was going to be John Cena thinking it was going to be maybe the Undertaker it was going to be somebody uh but ended up being Baron Corbin I don't know why it was Baron Corbin, but it was Baron Corbin. Kurt Angle, yeah, it, it, the guy just can't go anymore. It, it it was painfully obvious. I mean, he he hit some German suplexes and, of course, the ankle lock. But, I mean, high, high intensity and all that. No, I mean, Kurt's... And this is not a, oh gosh, maybe I go back to Impact, or oh gosh, maybe I go to All Elite Wrestling, or, or no. Kurt's, Kurt's done like a baked potato. And I don't mean that with any disrespect, I'm just saying as a fact. Yeah, it was sad, but he just, he just couldn't go anymore. But he made the best of this. He made the best of a bad situation by saying, you know what, this is what I wanted, this is my last match. I have no regrets. It's been a great ride. Hey, one more time. Hit my music. Everybody, I want you to chant, you suck, and we call it good. It, it was it was a good moment. It was it was it was a good moment. Uh Finn Bauer, the demon version of uh, Finn Bauer. Beats Bobby Lashley. This was a, another thankfully short match. My uh, wife 
who was watching it, and she's like, I like Finn, I really do, but is this like a thing now, him being this demon character, when did this happen, and I'm like, don't worry, this is like a one time a year thing, this is not a, this is not a thing, this is like a one time a year thing, you know, which is brilliant, they, they, they don't overexpose the demon character, they they essentially say this is for special events. This is when Finn just absolutely has to get that next level, which is it I I know it's gonna sound bizarre, but it's the same person. And yeah, I know it's just the face paint and the, the body paint and all that. But when Finn is the demon, I mean, he looks taller. Good Lord. I mean, he looks like he's a freaking giant. It's just, it's insane. And that coup de gras that he hit on Bobby Lashley to win, he flew halfway across the ring. It was incredible. It was just, it was nuts. So, Finn is your new Intercontinental Champion. Okay, take a breath, folks. We're getting to the last match. But before that, John Cena, the doctor, is back. The doctor of Thugonomics interrupted uh, interrupted Elias. Absolutely just undressed him in front of 80,000 people in a vicious rap. Which was insane, <laughs> and it was it was really incredible. It was really incredible uh, to to see it. Uh, so that was a good fun uh, bit. Um, finally, Becky Lynch beating Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair. This is another match I cannot adequately describe the match to you. Please just go watch it. It's just incredible. Um, Becky Lynch pins Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey was going for her, uh, one of her uh, set moves, uh, paper spit. You know, it's essentially, you know, like an F5 type move. She tried to spin Becky around uh, but Becky pretty much leveraged it into a crucifix, uh, pen, one, two, three. But there is a bit of controversy because apparently one of Ronda's shoulders was up before three, but the ref never saw it. So, is there going to be some sort of a repercussion tonight? I don't know, but now... Becky Lynch is your Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion. Now, very quickly before I I uh, I finish, um, it's like I was telling my wife last night. I'm not saying that the revolution is over. I'm not saying that the evolution is over. But this was the culmination of the women's wrestling evolution. This this right here. This was the right result. Because if it was Charlotte that would have won, okay, fine. But you invest all that time from SummerSlam last year to now on trying to get Becky over. And let's not be let's not mistake things. Becky got herself over. Okay. She completely got herself over. It wasn't WWE. She got herself over. It wouldn't have been as satisfying. Same way with Ronda Rousey. It would have been a Brock Lesnar situation. Like, okay, great. Now we're not going to see either title. Great. That's just wonderful. So, we'll see what happens uh, with uh, Raw tonight. I hope Asuka gets another crack. At at least one of the titles. 
I'm afraid they're going to try to unify the titles. Um, but we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, so that is your WrestleMania weekend coverage. Uh, like I said, the Raw after WrestleMania tonight is going to be epic. I, I I'm gonna love watching that because uh, it's always a crazy, crazy night. Um, so that is the show for this week. Thank you so much for everybody that's listening to this program. Uh, we're a small enterprise, if you will, but hopefully, hey, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell family members, this is my passion. I love talking about current events and sports and WWE on a weekly basis. I really do. So, hopefully we will see you next week. And... With that, this is Russell Wortham coming to you live from beautiful Tucson, Arizona. And as the Beatles sang all those many years ago, love is all you need. I will see you guys next week.